Hi everyone, welcome back to the Quantum Heart Cafe. I hope everyone has had a really good weekend and uh, really a, a beautiful week. I just, uh, we had a long weekend here and so I was just kind of uh, spent the weekend studying and getting ready for more, more exams, thankfully. I think that's what uh, my gratitude will be this week is that I'll be finished uh, my schooling in another couple of weeks because these exams are getting kind of tedious. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll do my best tonight. I didn't I've I read my the first part of uh, Arthur Furstenberg's book, <clears throat> The Invisible Rainbow. And I intend to finish the second part for next weekend. I think what I'll do is I'll I'll share some of just kind of the the main highlights that I've learned from this book and, and what really stood out for me and then I'll try and put together a more thorough presentation more thorough notes for next week but I'm just going to give a general overview of what I learned in the first half of the book and I mean if you're if you're just like history on its like on its own this book is an amazing well I shouldn't say on its own like if you this book isn't just for people that are interested in, in learning or interested in learning more about the risks with electromagnetic uh, radiation, especially with cell phone and uh, a 5G and, and 6G and 7G. It's also for people that enjoy reading history because Arthur Furstenberg does an amazing job of recording the how electricity developed over the last, like, we've had, I mean, there was electricity, some uses of electricity even before the 1800s, but near the latter part of the 1800s is when electricity really started to uh, kind of evolve and become a, a, into what it is today. And, you know, it started off small and it just got bigger, like, you know, it started off with lightning or electricity being captured in, in bottles, and then eventually, you know, telegraphs were introduced, and then uh, radio communications were introduced after that, and and so on and so forth. Radar came out after radio, and then you know, eventually we had cell phones and wireless wireless communications, and, and now we have five G and um, you know, these telecommunication companies and corporations want to take take us all the way to seven. And what is surprising to me, so that the the recording and, and the like just how the history of how that all unfold is or how this has all evolved is a really amazing and Arthur Furstenberg has done a wonderful job of writing a, a really interesting book and a really important book because what really struck me especially when electricity really started to or the use of electricity really started to become widespread is there were scientists and doctors that were concerned about the health effects of too much electromagnetic radiation because well what, what I mean the advantage that they had back in the 1800s was because electricity was quite new or, or like you know the the proliferation of electricity 
was quite new at the time was that they were able to also record increases in certain diseases that weren't there before. Uh, especially, uh, you know, one example was the uh, use of telegraphs. So as telegraph technology took off and, you know, people were able to send and receive messages on a uh, quicker, telegraph operators also started to become very sick. They had a they developed anxiety disorder. An anxiety disorder at that time was not classified as a mental illness. It was classified as um, a nerve, an, uh, an illness of a nervous system. And I don't mean like someone being nerves. I mean like our actual nerves. Like the there was nerve. There was something going on. The electricity from the telegraphs was interfering with people's uh, nervous system and causing diseases. Uh, you know, people's hair was, was falling out and so on. Like there were people having issues with their hearts and so on. Like it was, it was pretty serious. And, you know, there was, there were some scientists who were saying like, Hey, maybe we should, you know, take a step back here and just evaluate and just do some research and see how safe this is. And then there were other scientists that you know, didn't really kind of threw caution to the wind and was just like, oh, it's no big deal. Like we can, let's do this thing. And unfortunately, they're the ones that kind of won out. And now we're in a world now where we're inundated with electricity. And, and yeah, okay, it, it has given us some really nice conveniences, but it's also had a detrimental, detrimental impact on our health. And that's something that hit home for me because I'm right now I'm working towards becoming an electrician and I'm just like, well, geez, like, you know, I, I wanted to become an electrician so that I could, because I thought it would be a pretty, um, <clears throat> fairly benign career and just turning the lights on and so on. But, uh, I find out that, you know, that's not such, that's not really the case. So definitely ca causing me some uh, pause for reflection but at least with things like dirty electricity there are ways to mitigate and reduce the damage from dirty electricity I think the the real danger is with the increase in wireless technology an increase in phone cell phone usage smart devices because these technology companies they want to take us all the way up to 7g and they're part of how they're going to do that like part of the infrastructure that they're already setting up right as we speak is sending all these satellites up into space like spacex is doing it amazon uh, there's a few other companies sending plane or sending satellites up into our orbit and what that means is that there's no escaping this. There's no escaping 5G, 6G, or 7G. They're just going to beam it down onto Earth from space. So, you know, even if you were to have a homestead or go live off grid, you're going to get just as irradiated just as much as people living in a city now. I mean, probably 20 years ago, that would have been fine because, you know, you would have been away from a lot of electromagnetic radiation and 
you know, even if you had a few solar panels on your home, as long as you're using a filter for your inverters, because the inverters do create some dirty electricity, but as long as you're using a filter for your inverters, for the most part, like the, it doesn't, it's not as harmful as, you know, living close to power lines or having, living in a house with a lot of dirty electricity in it. I mean, you can do things in your home that to address the level of dirty electricity, such as using filters, you can have a qualified electrician go in, especially electrician that knows, understands dirty electricity, go into your home and check all your connections and making sure that, you know, that all the terminal connections are done properly, all the wiring is done proper properly, the neutrals are balanced and so on, so that it reduces the amount of dirty electricity in your home. And then uh, to testing to see where, you know, where's the, the best place to put your bed? Where's the best place to, you know, do you have any magnetic fields in your home and so on? So there's ways to test it. There's ways to kind of mitigate the damage from those types of electromagnetic frequencies. But, you know, Wi-Fi radiation, 5G, 6G, 7G, like that's, and cell phone radiation, like those are the ones that, I'm more concerned about like personally because there's no opting out of that. You know, I mean, if the I'm, and I'm saying like if the you know if the, these technology companies have their way, and we don't stand up and say no, then they'll you know we won't have a a say in it. They'll just beam this crap down on us and we'll get sick. Um, there's already. Uh, I saw a video online that was very shocking and very sad of um you know i'll post in a description i'll post in this description box tonight and it was a video of it was a flock of birds and they just fell out of the sky like they it looked like and they fell and they hit the they fell dead like the it looks like they were already dead hitting the concrete and i think it was a place i think it was like in the states or in mexico or something i could be wrong but that's where um I just saw that and I'm just like, well, geez, did they fly into something like a, some sort of electromagnetic frequency? Did they, you know, what happened? Because, you know, these so-called, the news did talk to a so-called expert, said that a predator chased them all and then they decided to hit them. Like, it's like, so birds decided just to hit, all those birds, like, decided to hit the ground? Like, but they're, and it looked like they're already dead when they hit the ground. So, like, how... You know, if you had a big swarm of birds and, and they, you know, by mistake hit the, the pavement, <laughs> wouldn't there be some that, like, lived or that were in the process of dying? Like, you know, maybe we're seriously injured, but we're still, you know, conscious and stuff. But all these birds that hit the sky, they're already dead. So I, I think the expert's full of crap. But, you know, I just, I wonder, like, what with all this electromagnetic frequency, like what are we doing to our atmosphere? What are we doing to other beings as well as ourselves? So what I really appreciate about this book is that it's really encouraging me to think about this stuff. And because, you know, if it means that, I don't know, I have to, if I take a few steps back, maybe reduce my electricity usage and then also 
help join in um, the activism to stop at least stop 6 and 7G. I think 5G is already here. Um, then so be it because, I mean, geez, like there's more. Uh, I was reading some of the, our, I was reading how with the, whenever a new kind of electro or electrical technology was introduced, like whenever telegraphs were introduced or whenever uh, radio communication was introduced or radar and cell phones, there was a noticeable uptake in disease as well. And what was really interesting uh, was the case of the Spanish influenza, where when the Spanish influenza happened, there was also that's it was during it happened around the time of World War One, and during that time we also saw, or that's when uh, we saw an increase in radio communications for the war. So I think radio communication existed before that, but it wasn't as much as it. It was like during the war, like the really the U.S. and uh, countries around the world really ramped up the use of radio communication technology. And what was interesting is that the initial outbreaks of Spanish Spanish influenza happened at naval bases. It happened on board naval ships. It happened on in areas where uh, people were learning how to use radio communication. Uh, equipment and so on so it happened there first so that's pretty big clue as to how electricity has been making us sick with the influenza and it wasn't just like a, a bad cold and a, and a high fever and a runny nose it was people's like insides were liquefying like their blood wasn't able to coagulate so they were literally like having nosebleeds the their organs, their internal organs were bleeding, and I'm just like, holy crap. And the Spanish influenza killed millions of people at the time. And <clears throat> doctors were baffled, and, and they tried to figure out if it was contagious, but doctors at the time were saying, like, this spread way too fast to be contagious because at the time, like, they didn't have, uh, you know, jets, like, private, you know, all this airplane travel that we have now. So, but the, the, so it, it couldn't, it would have taken a lot longer for the virus to spread at that time in history than it would now. And what scientists and doctors at the time were saying is that it doesn't make sense that this is like popping up too, like much quicker than how it was, sorry, it was spreading faster than people's ability to travel and spread it, you know? And they also wanted to see if it was contagious from person to person, so they had uh, sick patients in with volunteers, and they would spend time together. They, you know, they even did something where uh, the volunteers would get swabbed with the sick patients, uh, you know, snot and mucus and all this stuff. And, yeah, good on the volunteers for doing that. And... And it turned out, and the volunteers didn't get sick. So the doctors figured that it wasn't contagious, a contagious virus. There was something else going on, and that's where, um, you know, there's very high probability that the Spanish influenza was uh, a, maybe a, a symptom of the radio 
of all the, the proliferation of radio communication and what that did to our bodies because one of the big key takeaways that I'm getting from this book is that we are all electrical beings and the earth has and and it, I'd say the universe too has its own electromagnetic radiation and we res we along with other beings on this planet respond to that um, electromagnetic uh, frequency. That's, did I say radiation? I meant to say frequency. And it's called, and uh, there's a doctor named um, Schumann. Dang, I forget his first name. It's terrible. But I'll put together a better, a more proper presentation for next week. Um, but it was called the Schumann Resonance. And the Schumann Resonance is ar around 7.8 hertz. And or it's around 10, 10 hertz for uh, optimal, you know, uh, it's like optimal health or something is around 10 hertz. So that's the Earth's own natural electro electro electromagnetic frequency, and all this EMF that we're being exposed to is disrupting that. And so no wonder people are having. Uh, issues with being able to sleep, you know, people are having uh, increased heart attacks, cancers on the rise, and more depression, more irritability, uh, sleep cycles are being, a, if, in, or sleep cycles, because another thing that about the, or, or the Schumann resonance is that our circadian rhythm, so that's like the natural rhythms of the earth, so you know when, like, when your body naturally feels tired, as a, at nighttime, and when you have your natural uh, sleep cycle, usually it's about eight hours or so. Well, that sleep cycle, those cycles are connected to our circadian rhythm, and how our circadian rhythm is triggered is through the Schumann resonance. It's through that seven point eight hertz. <clears throat> which is Earth, Earth, or planet, uh, planet Earth's natural frequency. So when that's disrupted, when that is like when we're no longer in alignment with that, you know, it's harder for us to stay connected to our circadian rhythm. So we start experiencing all sorts of problems, and you know, one of them being having bad, you know, having um, you know, sleep disorders and so on and trouble producing melatonin. So I thought that was really important and uh, I'll make sure to do more of a thorough presentation for next week because there's just so much important information in this book and I highly recommend people read it. I didn't, like I said, I didn't get a chance this week to put together too many show notes so I hope to do a longer show next week but I I strongly recommend you read this book and just really pay attention to how with the increase in heart attacks the increase in cancers and uh, uh, what was also really interesting was that um, anxiety before Sigmund Freud took that definition of um anxiety disorder and chalked it up to psychological problems 
before it was considered a, a, a medical condition connected to our nervous system. Like, not just being nervous, you know, but our nervous system. So it wasn't just a psychological phenomenon, it was a physical phenomenon being triggered by too much electromagnetic frequency. Or too much, sorry, too much electromagnetic radiation exposure. And, you know, the, you know, Sigmund Freud really did a disservice to people when he just chalked it up to, you know, a psychoanalyst problem. And it's not. And I wonder, too, like, if, you know, I, I've kind of stepped back and thought about this. Like, in the West, like, we've seen an increase in depression, an increase in uh, mood disorders, sleeping disorders, and so on at the same time as we've seen an uptake in the use of smart technology and cell phones and wireless communications. So, I mean, there's a very compelling argument that those two are linked. And rather than just treating it as a, a symptom, like t really taking a look at electromagnetic frequency use and taking that seriously and seeing how we can mitigate <coughs> our use of it, you know, we may not need to necessarily go all the way back to the Stone Ages, but I really don't think it's a good idea to keep going all the way to 7G and 6G. I don't think it's a good idea to keep producing all this smart technology. I mean, <clears throat> what are they going to do with all this? I mean, we already have so much e-waste on the planet. Like, what are they going to do with all these uh, smart devices and appliances and so on and it's not like they build them to last like they break you know usually within <clears throat> five years or so and it's not like they're easy to fix uh and so people just end up having to throw them out and buying a new one and like that how is that sustainable and what are we supposed to do with all that e-waste keep sending it to third world countries where kids and you know, older folks can take it apart in dangerous c conditions well hey it's not in my backyard so why do I care like that's not like that's not the attitude to have and I think that it's maybe we've reached a point in our history where you know we need more wisdom than progress and <clears throat> taking a step back and just thinking about what you know future we want to create for ourselves and the future we want to create for <coughs> In the future that we want to create for our kids and for the other beings on the planet and that may mean reducing the amount of electricity that we use on a daily basis and going back to living in simpler times and, and being self-reliant but that goes against what this predatory system wants so it's going to be you know we're at a crossroads do we want to keep going down this road of endless I say air quote progress that will maybe make leave us sick and crippled or do we want to you know take a few go down a future maybe maybe we don't have as many modern conveniences but it's far more conducive to life and maybe in many ways it's uh more compassionate and fulfilling for people so I'm just gonna leave that 
there for tonight. Um, this isn't good. This wasn't a very long podcast this week, uh, just because I've been so busy with uh, school and everything. I'll uh, see how much I can read for next week and put together a bit more of a thorough presentation for the Invisible Rainbow because this is a great book. And again, if I can't do that all next week, I'll definitely be able to do it the following week. But this is a great book, and I'll leave a link to a, a local bookstore if anyone wants to order a copy, uh, as well as the link to the, um, yeah. And so I'll, I'll leave a link to the for if anyone one, ah sorry if anyone wants to order a copy of his book. It's just you know we gotta start kind of taking a step back and thinking about things a little bit and not leaving it up to experts or to uh, people that really don't have our best interest at heart and don't have the interests of children at heart. Um, but anyway, and tonight I did enjoy, I, I had my coffee before I did the recording, I just didn't want to have it too late. It was uh, a coffee from a local, uh, I don't know if the term would be roaster, but the local company, they're called Salt Spring Coffee. And it was nice. It's a good uh, coffee blend. Uh, I'm still, when I get a chance, like once school's over, I'll have a chance to go explore some of the independent coffee shops and so on and uh, share some of the, what I find with their coffee and so on. But uh, just for now, I'm just going to keep drinking uh, kind of bulk coffee and uh, just kind of go from there, especially as, you know, we are kind of in a, a bad inflation period right now, so... Sometimes uh, it's also, you know, I might I might drink some bulk stuff just because it is a bit cheaper, um, you know, just the way it is right now. I I'm hoping it changes, but I I have some thoughts on <laughs> the inflation right now. I think that, you know, given that prices are going up all over, like not just in a few cities here and there, but all over, especially all, all over um, North like North America, you know. You know, Turtle Island was currently called North America. Like, I do think this is a a way to price people out of being able to afford a home, like regular folks to be able to afford or even rent a home. And then the, you know, the fourth industrial revolution. Remember, like the whole "you will own nothing and be happy about it." Can <coughs> these, re you know, companies, these mega corporations can pretend to offer a solution like oh you can rent from us it'll be a cheaper rent but we'll we'll be keeping an eye on you <laughs> you know so i wonder if that's kind of part of the strategy and i hope more people start to stand up to these outrageous prices and all the you know foreign uh or sorry the speculation in investing like i never understood that a home I understand the value of land because it doesn't, you know, as, as an asset, I guess it doesn't lose value. But it's a home. <clears throat> People need to live somewhere. I never understood that. Like, you know, why? You know, I mean, before the 50s, they didn't, you know, houses were treated as homes pe for people to live in and, and raise families and stuff. And now, they're treated as, as in just investments and it's gone crazy. You know, and how's the average family supposed to raise their kids and stuff? It's just insane. 
Uh, and then with rents, like, how is the average person supposed to be able to afford rent? And it's not like wages or anything have, have kept up with inflation. And the way, inf I don't know about the states, but the way the inflation is measured in Canada is pretty flawed. <clears throat> and maybe I'll go into that on a different video, but inflation rates are usually a lot higher than what the government says. But anyway, I'll... I'll that's a discussion for another day. I'm just, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I, I just don't understand it. It's just, uh, to me, it's just greedy. You know, I understand wanting to have a retirement and nest egg and stuff, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the rampant speculation on something where people need to have shelter and live and raise their families and enjoy their life. I don't understand it. Why not just keep it in the freaking stock market and leave people alone? Like, I, I just don't get it. it. To me, it's just avarice. It's beyond greed. It's just, you know, it's just avarice. And there, and there's a, there is an agenda behind it. There's a reason why that's happening all over. So just eyes, keep your eyes peeled, folks. There's more going on than meets the eye. You know, learn to, learn to read between the lines. It really helps. But anyway, I hope everyone has a really nice week. And a, a beautiful weekend. The spring is almost here. It's Pisces season now. So Pisces, you know, like lots of gentle vibes this season. You know, maybe we'll finally get some more revelations coming out because, you know, the Pisces does deal with delusions and uh, illusions. So, you know, um, if you trust your intuition, but just, you know, watch out for the, the deception and lies and you know someone pulling the wool over your eyes kind of thing so anyway uh everyone takes care and thank you so much for stopping by the cafe and i wish you all well and, and good vibes and we'll talk to you soon okay bye bye